The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Rain warnings are in place ahead of Storm Kieran, which is set to hit tonight. Storm is due to start uh, making landfall around about nine o'clock and is going to carry on throughout the night, expected to bring heavy rainfall. And we already have parts of the country that are suffering badly from rainfall over the last number of days. To give us a sense of what Storm Kieran has in store for us, we have with us Brandon Cray, who is meteorologist with uh, Met Aaron. Brandon, good, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Not too bad. How are you? Good. Give us a sense of what's on the way. So I'll just uh, do a slight correction there. Storm Kieran is not actually on the way until tomorrow uh, evening and nightfall, but there is another low pressure system uh, which is out to the northwest at the at the moment, which will bring a series of fronts, uh, which will bring rain, uh, strong winds, especially tomorrow morning, which is why we have uh, so, uh, a series of uh, weather warnings out on our website at the moment. We have status yellow uh, wind and rain warnings uh, for the west, uh, for the south and the southeast. Uh, Storm Kieran, however, then will uh, track across the Atlantic tomorrow uh, and track to the, to the south of us uh, tomorrow evening and overnight. Uh, and uh, it'll be it'll stay quite south of us, so it won't bring that much wind and rain uh, as it will for, say, the UK, say, Britain. Uh, but it will bring heavy rainfall to counties in the south, Cork, Kerry, Watford and Wexford. Um, but it's not looking quite as drastic uh, as previous named storms. However, given the amount of rainfall that we've received in the past two weeks, uh, anything that does fall, uh, along with uh, the storm surge uh, on our south coasts uh, could cause some localised flooding, uh, especially in southern uh, counties. And that st- a storm surge worsened, I assume, by virtue of where we are with the full moon. I mean, we're just coming off the back. I think currently we have a full moon, which means yeah, we're likely to have higher tides. Yeah, the spring tides were quite bad at the weekend. We saw some flooding at uh, the Cork Jazz Festival, for example. Uh, we are coming out of those spring tides, but it is they are still quite high for the moment. You talked about the, the counties that may be impacted along the, the southern side of the um, country. To what extent does the fact that the ground is sodden contribute to the risk of potential flooding? So that definitely heightens it as uh, any rainfall that falls will just run off and it won't uh, be absorbed by the ground. Uh, so that's definitely a significant factor in uh, the flooding that we're seeing, uh, especially on any drains that are full uh, and uh, it will contribute to any flooding uh, in the streets um, and such like that. And it just go back to what you said about it. Storm Kieran doesn't arrive till tomorrow. What then, therefore, for people who are thinking they're waiting for dark to fall so that they can go around trick-or-treating, what does the weather look like for the evening? So there's a front at the moment which is currently across uh, all of Munster. So all of Munster is pretty much in rain at the moment, and that's making its way northeastwards. So it'll probably hit Dublin uh, around six or seven, uh, and rain will start then. It'll, it'll begin to clear in parts of Kerry, uh, but there are showers following then on in the late evening. Uh, but towards um, kind of late evening, nightfall, most of the country is getting some rain. So I, I'd suggest getting out early if they can. Brandon, thank you very much. That's Brandon Cry from uh, Meteorologist there with Met Aaron. And one of the people who I suspect will be slightly relieved to discover that uh, Storm Kieran is going to say in the, the more southerly half of the country is Sharon McGuigan, who's the owner of the Carlingford Arms pub and restaurant in Carlingford in County Louth. Sharon, you and a lot of the Cooley Peninsula, there's been significant flooding over the last 24 hours. It looks like just looking at some of the pictures that half of Schlieve Foy arrived down in the middle of the town team. Well, definitely, that's what happened. Um, the mountains just burst it last night. It couldn't take it. The tide was in. We had a full tide. The water had nowhere to go. And what sort of damage did you sustain? 
when we sub- our kitchen, it came in our back door, it came up our drains, it came up the sink, it came up the toilets, um, it c- came in the front door because the what it just could it no, had nowhere to go. We had great help from um, a local councillor, Anton Waters, give us the heads up. We got sandbags, we had 50, 60 sandbags, but didn't do us any good. And were you trying to sandbag because of the water that was coming down from the mountain or was it also flooding coming in from the lock? We had both because we're stuck in the middle. So we're in this, the, the bottom of the village. So it was just coming from both, from the mountain and the lock. And you're not alone in that positioning along that street there heading down towards the Mint. There's a lot of um, pubs and restaurants along there. Um, yeah, and we all stuck together. Um, Mickey Heaney from PJ O'Hara's Bar, he went and got sandbags. Aidan Baker from Mad Bakers, they got sandbags. We got sandbags. We all helped each other. We tried our best, but it just wasn't good enough. It's just the damage that it's done today. We're all closed today. The, the, the three um, pubs in the village is closed today. We couldn't get opened. And how does it look in terms of repairing? Because when you when you begin to dry out, you have all the issues of plasterwork damaged, floorboard damaged, all of the plumbing that may need to be redone. Does, does it look bad? It's, it looks very bad. We probably, if we get open for the weekend, that's all we're saying is touch wood, but it depends what's going to happen tonight and what's going to happen tomorrow. And I assume Halloween would be a big enough night in, in Carlingford, would it normally? Halloween would have been a great night, trick or treat. Um, Fitzpatrick's um, have a, had a big um, show on tonight. There have been a couple of hundred people at it. Everything's cancelled. Have you had this kind of flooding before? Because casting my mind back, I can't think of many instances where you've had... We did. We had it about maybe 25, 26 years ago um, when the mountain, um, it was the same, the storm and the tide was in and the mountains burst it, there's nowhere to go. But it wasn't as bad as this and it just happened so quick. And wh- The last time it happened sort of through the night, this time like inside half an hour. What then about the, the, the clean-up of the town? Because uh, where I was talking about the mountain coming down, it looks like a whole lot of, of um, stone and shale from the mountain has been swept down into the town. Is that now cleared out yet, or is that still a work well, in progress? Well, no, the council's at it since um, 8 o'clock this morning, but it's just so bad. There's what he calls, they're just, they're just trying to get it done, and then if there's any more rain, we're going to have the same again. So that's why they're trying to get it cleared, that if it is, it mightn't be as bad. And I believe there's also but significant the damage... damage the money for- that it if, if you go out the road down towards Riverstown, I believe there's also bridges out or bridges damaged down as you head towards Lordship. That's right. And the golf club, the Green Oak Golf Club, is just completely washed out. A lot of farmyards out on the Green Oak Road, everybody right, trying to pump the water out of their farm. And any word in terms of support? I mean, we heard the kind of um, supports that were going in, in, into place for Middleton and Landmire. Has there been any word from council or from uh, a, a Rockta's member as to what mo- might happen? There's nothing, confir- there's nothing confirmed yet. But we would need the minister to come down to Carnivore and look to see what state our village is in. Well, hopefully... The, the, the see cl- what support he will give us. We hope the clean-up goes well because it's undoubtedly going to be a challenging clean-up both for the village but also for, like like you say, for the Carlingford Arms, for PJ Hurst, for all of the, the uh, pubs and, and restaurants around the town. It'll be a, a significant challenge to get that ready for the weekend. Sharon, thanks very much for coming on. That's Sharon McGuigan, owner of the Carlingford Arms pub and restaurant in Carlingford and County Loud. We're joined as well by John Sweeney, climatologist and uh, professor emeritus at Maynooth University. And John, Sharon there was talking about that it's 25 years since she has seen something of this nature in Carlingford. Are we getting more of these kind of flooding events or is it just that as a function of naming storms, we notice them more? 
Well, your heart goes out, firstly, Anton, to, to the people in Carlingford and Uri for the, the kind of tragic events they're experiencing. I think uh, you have to go back to about 2009 for most of the country to find a, an event as serious as we've seen over the past couple of weeks for the country as a whole. Um, we were blessed a wee bit during the, the last decade in that most of our hazards were coming from storms rather than from floods. But if you go back to the, the first decade of the century, most of our extreme events were coming from, from floods. And we're seeing that a bit more frequently now. And there are a couple of factors at work here. The first is that we've simply become warmer, and especially the ocean offshore has become about a degree, it's about a degree warmer than it is than usual at the moment. So it means that the air is picking up more moisture. We know that the, the air can hold about 7% more water vapour for every one degree warmer it becomes. And that means that our depressions are, are becoming, if you like, more heavily laden with uh, with water vapour and moisture and the floods, uh, the, the precipitation they release, therefore, is, is rather more dramatic than in the past. But also, uh, we, we've seen Storm Babette come from even warmer areas further south uh, off the coast of Portugal, for example. And, and that's bringing even more, if you like, supercharging the, the depression's concerned. All of this is what we were expecting, what we were anticipating 20, 25 years ago when we started modelling the impacts of climate change on Ireland. We knew that we were going to get wetter winters in particular. And if you look at the records over the past 30 years or so, uh, we've been getting about, um, I think, about 7% more rainfall uh, than we had uh, the previous 30 years. Um, so uh, it's quite clear Ireland is becoming a wetter place now as well as a warmer place. And the consequence of those two things together means that the hazards from floods are, are definitely on the increase. We know that, for example, the IPCC suggests that the kind of event that might have occurred once in 10 years in the 1850s or 1860s is now going to be occurring about twice in 10 years uh, with the current rate of warming. So we have to face up to it that these are events which sadly are going to become more frequent and sadly we're going to have to spend a lot of taxpayers' money protecting communities as much as possible from the extreme events that are coming down the line to us. Is that the, the ultimate answer to the sceptics who will say, well, I recall in the 1980s a similar storm or I, I read about one in the 1800s. Is it, it, it's not that they didn't previously occur, it's that they didn't occur at the same rate of regularity. Yes, it's it's regularity and intensity. Um, those kind of sceptic arguments are really now equivalent to the flat earth mentality, I have to say, because we can now model uh, what kind of frequency we would expect extreme events to occur with in the past with low carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere and in the present with the current high uh, greenhouse gas concentrations. And the computers come back. And they tell us really alarming figures of uh, 50, 100 times more probable, even greater in some instances. So it's quite clear that there's no argument anymore that we have increased our vulnerability to these kind of extreme events very significantly. And we see that all around the world, especially this summer 
with all of the extremes that have been observed, uh, ranging from the, the, the sort of droughts in the Horn of Africa, the heat waves in Europe, uh, the floods in China. All of that really is part and parcel of what we're doing to the atmosphere in terms of changing the natural order of things which did exist before we started messing around. You mentioned taxpayers' money being needed to protect communities from these kind of um, storms and these kind of, of impacts. If you look at communities like Carlingford as a case in point, it's, I assume, going to be a very difficult thing to do because where, where Sharon is in the um, Carlingford Arms is directly between Carlingford Lock on one side. So if you get wind from the right direction, you get a high spring tide, you get a higher spring tide as a function of, of climate change. And at the same time, you get floodwaters coming down the mountain that's an awful lot to protect a community from, isn't it? It's extremely difficult. And, you know, it reminds us as well that disasters like that only happen when you get the worst possible combination of events happening at the same time. So as Sharon was saying, we had the spring tide, we had the storm surge, we had the intense rainfall coming off that mountain uh, and having nowhere to go because the land was saturated. It's going to be extremely expensive um, to try and protect some communities from flooding. We know the cost, for example, in, in, in many parts of Ireland is huge. We're, we're talking about a billion euros probably over the next decade or so. So um, it, it, there's no getting away from it. If we want to have that kind of protection level, um, then we, we have to spend the money. But the other aspect is we have to be extremely cautious now where we build new houses, where we build new infrastructure, because if we put those in locations which are already vulnerable, then we're going to lose that capital investment very quickly um, over the next few decades. Presumably we're also going to have another challenge, another economic challenge in relation to insurance because we're already seeing markets in, in the um, sort of the, the Gulf Coastal United States where it is becoming almost impossible to insure residential and commercial property because of the hurricane impacts. I assume we'll see the same here that insurance companies will look at some areas and say it's not worth the candle of providing flood insurance to certain businesses and certain homes. Yes, that's true. And, and to some extent, the, the initial reaction from insurance companies will be try to offload their risk into the reinsurance industry. But there will come a time when the reinsurance industry will, as you say, simply say it's not worth our time, uh, it's not worth our money trying to uh, invest in, in flood protection, uh, sorry, in, in flood insurance. And that will mean that, you know, we, we will face the prospect of more redlining of areas, areas which are perhaps even today uh, encompassing some of the most expensive housing in the state in many parts of our cities. If you think of a city like Dublin, for example, it has grown on away from the original origins in Woodkey towards the sea, often in reclaimed land, putting people and putting houses in, in more vulnerable locations than perhaps they were in the past. So all of that is combining to, if you like, crank up the risk factor, crank up the vulnerability, and you can be sure the insurance companies are not going to go bust by, by insuring areas with very high risks of flooding occurring in the future. It's one of the things that I think uh, institutionally we have to tackle, maybe from a leadership from government. But um, certainly you're quite right. Uh, the risk of, of greater areas being delimited as not worth insuring um, is something that will probably grow in the future. 
Interesting a text saying, this was predicted. Pat Kenny had an international insurance actuary on uh, circus six years ago. He said, quotes, we are going to see rain here where we've never seen before and that authorities need to take action, particularly in Cork, Limerick and Galway. Was anybody listening, says the texter. Can you go back just to, to one thing, John, before I let you go, which is the, the broader picture in which this is occurring. You talked about the one degree increase in temperature in um, the sea and the effect that that has in terms of the uh, level of rainfall that we're getting. Where are we now in terms of the path of warming increase and climate change increase and the steps taken to uh, reverse that or at least to halt it? We're not in a very good path, uh, Antoine, at all. The expectation is that uh, globally we will, have, we will have increased our greenhouse gas emissions by 1% this year. So uh, far from uh, sort of following the pathway that we all hoped would succeed after the great Paris uh, conference of 2015, the promises that were made there are simply not being carried out. And we can include, of course, our own uh, government among that, where our own uh, emissions have increased substantially as well. So we have to therefore face facts that unless there's a miracle at COP28 in Dubai uh, next month, um, and it's perhaps very unlikely given the location of that particular event, um, then we have to face facts that we're, we're definitely not delivering on the promises and obligations that we signed up to. And that really augurs quite badly for the next generation, even for the current generation, as we're seeing at the moment. Uh, we're leaving a legacy behind of increased risk of damaged uh, environment, which I think people will not thank us for in the years to come. John, thank you very much for your time this evening. That's John Sweeney, who is climatologist and professor emeritus at Maynooth University. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.